0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 91st edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play.
1: Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams frontcourt. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head long outside shot, short
0: rebounded, may it's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions!
1: Matthews, off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina! They're not going to be denied
0: this time! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys tonight. Recording after Super Bowl 56 has gone final. The Rams topping the Bengals 23-20 to win the Super Bowl. But we're here to talk about Carolina as they got their second straight win yesterday at home against Florida State. 94-74 94 to 74 in a game that saw Carolina start out on an 18 nothing run, and that was extended into a 24 to one run on their way to leading 62 to 24 at halftime, the largest home halftime lead since Carolina joined the ACC. And and buddy, we talked about going into the game, it was important for Carolina to reestablish uh home court dominance. They they improved to 13 and one yesterday. They've got mediocre opponents coming into the Smith Center like Flor- like Florida State the rest of the season where they're going to need to beat those teams to solidify their NCAA tournament standing. Um, I, I think we thought a blowout of Florida State was certainly possible. The team had lost five straight games entering the game. Most recently a home loss to Pittsburgh, but I don't think anybody saw that first half coming in a routing of Leonard Hamilton's squad. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody did. I think you're probably right about that
1: because, you know, even still they fought pretty hard here recently. Um, Now I I guess maybe the loss to Pittsburgh should have kind of been a little bit of a sign that things uh, were were going south for them. But yeah, for Carolina, I mean – We've seen a couple of games like this so far this year um, in, in terms of establishing themselves pretty well out of the gate. But I don't think anybody saw an 18 0 run to start the game. Um, you know, Carolina just looked like a team that was prepared, looked like a team that was motivated to prove that that last time that we saw them at home against Duke was a fluke. Mm-hmm. And they definitely did that. There's no doubt about that at all. Um, The thing is, is yeah, these, these are the moments that really frustrate, um, you know, people like us that, that watch this team game in and game out this year, because you see that performance and you say to yourself, how did you look that good? But yet there's other games where you can't hit the broad side of a barn on the offensive end and you can't get a stop to save your life. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a great showing from Carolina, but I think the thing is is we just know how inconsistent this team is that it's hard to be overly confident that you're going to see that going forward. But at the same time, I mean, this was one of the best games that Carolina's played um, pro- probably at least that first half in the history of the program. Um, they I – mean, to shoot 74%, I mean, that's video game-like. Um, I mean, just everything that you were looking at was going down and uh, your guards were were playing as well as they possibly could have played. And we knew it early on those shots that I've talked about so much that, hey, when you hit those early shots from the outside, and those start going down, you know, it's going to be a good game for this team. That's exactly what happened in this game. They attacked, you know, the inside, which I thought they needed to. Um, e- even against a team that had some size because this is not a Florida State team that's really all that tough. The rebounding numbers sort of told you that story, and we saw that early on. Carolina did exactly that, and you know this th- this felt good for, for for many reasons, but I think one of the other big reasons that it felt so good was the fact that you got to see a majority of the young guys off this bench Get to play a significant role. And you've needed that recently. You haven't really been able to get that. But to get some rest for your guys in this game was huge. And I think you've got to continue to do that down the stretch. Look, these types of games aren't always going to be there. But if you have opportunities to get some of these younger guys in there, some of these people that – these guys that are going to be contributors for you moving forward, you have to be able to do that. So a lot of good things to take away from this game for Carolina.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things I like from the team, especially in that first half, was they play with the level of desperation that that right now this team has to play with. Their NCAA tournament hopes are they're on the line down the final stretch of the ACC season, Um, and they really can't afford another hiccup if they want to be dancing come March. And so they had that level of desperation, and then they had the killer instinct to look at their opponent, realize that they're better than their opponent, and they dominated them into submission. And we've seen that at home in a couple of different times this year. Michigan, um, you go back to the wins over Georgia Tech, Virginia. um, You you saw Carolina really, once they were able to seize control of the game, they were able to end the game rather quickly. They did that yesterday in the first half, and you're hoping that at some point that level of intensity and focusness that transfers – onto the road because that's that's how Carolina is going to make their way um, if, if, if they want to improve their resume for the selection committee. Let's go ahead and take a quick look at the box score. It's a pretty one for the Tar Heels. They shot 55% for the game including shooting 74% in that first half. They held Florida State, is a 39% shooting. Carolina was 12 of 28 from behind the three-point line. That was 43%. That was led by Caleb Love, who scored 18 points, made six baskets. All six makes were from behind the three-point line. Um, and I, I think that was really important for him because he had struggled the last the last two weeks. We we really highlighted the the struggles against Duke because of the magnitude of the game and really how his carelessness with the basketball really affected Carolina's chances to win the game. But against Clemson, he made big time plays in the second half, including the the, the game winning assist to Brady Manick as they beat Clemson right before the buzzer. And we were hoping that that. That stretch would get him some confidence, get him back in the groove of things, because when he's engaged like he was yesterday afternoon, Carolina looks like the type of team that we saw yesterday. And I thought it was really important for him to, to play like that and play well, had that windmill dunk that he attempted Gone down that would have taken the roof off of the Smith Center, but we'll have to save that for another game. Um, Meanwhile, Florida State 47% from behind the three point line, they were 9 of 19. Uh, Carolina 8 of 13 from the foul line, just 62%. Florida State 13 of 20 from the foul line, 65%. Had Carolina lost the game, uh, we would have been talking about 16 turnovers. We talked about entering the game that they had to take better care of the basketball with Florida State's size, length, and athleticism. They didn't do that as well as you wanted them to, but only allowed Florida State to get 12 points off those turnovers. So that was a big reason why they were able to really dominate the game because even when they turned the ball over, they didn't give up buckets on the other end. Florida State turned it over 13 times, and which Carolina turned those into 15 points. So Carolina – Forced more turnovers than they average, forcing which they average right about eleven per game, and then they scored more points off turnovers than, than what they average. Another good sign of of what this team needs to start doing more consistently both at home and on the road. You mentioned the rebounding. Carolina out-rebounded Florida State. 42 as Armando Baycott had yet another double double. They out- rebounded them on the defensive glass 27 219. But on the offensive glass, Florida State did have the edge 15 13, but they only got 12 second chance points. Meanwhile, Carolina. 13 offensive rebounds, as I mentioned, 21 second-chance points. And it's not something that we've been able to count on as frequently as we were able to do under the Roy Williams era. But yesterday, that was a big part of their half-court offense when they missed shots, being able to go back up on a second chance. Florida State's bench outscored Carolina's bench, 31 22 We're going to talk about Carolina's bench a little bit later in the show. Points in the paint. Favor Carolina 46 to 30. Um, they were much better finishing close and around the basket, both with the bigs and the guards. Something we really emphasized entering the game. Fast break points in favor of Carolina 22-11. Carolina had five blocks compared to Florida State's just four. Nine steals for Florida State compared to Carolina's seven. Carolina, 22 assists on 37 made baskets. Florida State, 12 assists on their 26 made baskets. And Carolina led for 39 minutes and nine seconds of yesterday's game. Let's move on to the quote of the game. Uh, We go to the head coach of the Tar Heels, Hubert Davis. And Hubie said, I was really proud of the effort that they played with in the first half defensively. And it just confirms, it continues to show me that I think we can be a really good defensive team. We're going to need Carolina to be a really good defensive team if they want to make any sort of run into the NCAA tournament. The stat of the game, you mentioned Carolina's first half field goal percentage. They shot 74% from the field, and they were 75% from behind the three-point line. I don't know if they took a bad shot in the first half, and if they did, they made they, they they made them. That offense in the first half was the offense that you may have saw when Tyler Hansborough and Ty Lawson and Wayne Ellington were on the court. They got whatever they wanted whenever they wanted it and however they wanted to get it. And I know Florida State isn't the Florida State that we've seen in, in the years past and a lot of that's due to the injuries and stuff like that. But to do it against a team that has that type of length and athleticism was really impressive for Carolina.
1: Well, it, it it was what we talked about, where they've had the most success so far recently and really throughout the years when they've driven the basket with their guards. And I know Caleb loved most of his points early on in the game came from the outside. But, I mean, you just look at that first half. I thought they did a really good job, both guys, both him and, uh, and, and R.J. Davis, of getting to the basket, getting downhill, and, you know, kicking the ball out or finishing at the rim. And I, I thought that really just kind of got everything going and opened up those outside looks as we've talked about. I think that's been one of the things when Carolina has lost games and, you know, really any game that they played on the road, to be honest with you they have been trying to force the outside shooting game so much and look, it, it's, it's going to be there if you open it up, don't try yeah. to force because yeah, look, I think there's some good shooters on this team. There's no doubt about that. I think Brady Manick has shown that as the year has gone on. I think there's moments where you see it from Caleb love and RJ Davis, but, if, you, if, if there are ways to make it easier for you to get those looks and take some of that pressure off of you to just knock down those tough shots because you're shooting well, they need to be able to do it. And they did that in this game. Um, I think Leaky Black also did a good job of driving the lane. I mean, you look, this team had, a, had 12 assists in the first half. And eight of those assists came from – or excuse me, 10 of those assists came from the trio of – Love Davis and Leaky Black. So those were the guys that were getting to the basket aggressively and letting whatever was there happen. And and that's why you were able to have so much success. And we saw it against State as well. So that's my biggest takeaway from this is you have to see this team get a more aggressive drive in the basket. Yeah, we've talked about Armando Bacow being your guy inside. But if the guards aren't getting to the hoop and finishing themselves – then this offense isn't running where at, at the level that it needs to.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. And I think it's just something that when, when Carolina goes over the film, I think it's pretty evident to shows what works and what doesn't work and when this offense goes to another level. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll play you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then we're going to come back again get some more general thoughts and takeaways from yesterday's win over Florida State. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 older Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. For a list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources, void prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888- Seven eight nine seven 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 seven, 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 877-8 Hope NY or text Hope NY-467369. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers. I've been giving you over here on the four corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the heel tub blog side of things. And let's get back into Carolina's first half. They scored 62 points. Shot seventy four percent from the field, seventy five percent from behind the three point line, and I think it's I think it's something that this team is capable of doing. Um, we've seen it at different times this year. A couple of weeks ago against NC State, they scored fifty six in that first half, um, and I, I think it brings us back to really why we were just so frustrated after the Duke game because. This team's better when they play at home, and in that game, it, it didn't it didn't translate, and it was really disappointing. But this was a big time response for a team that, yes, yeah, scored seventy nine points at Clemson on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, shot fifty percent from the field, but it wasn't pretty. They they earned those seventy nine points, and you got to give credit to Clemson to make Carolina earn them, um, and they made them get their offense. It was easy for Carolina. In that first half, um, as you mentioned, they had the assist, the assist going. they had twelve, they had twenty-two assists on their from the entire game. And when when the, the ball moves, and I mean, I know it just sounds so cliche, but everything just looks better for this team because they they get so lost sometimes and wanting to play one on one isolation basketball. And look, they've got the guys that can play one on one. Caleb Love can can play one-on-one. So can R.J. Davis. So can Armando Baycott. So can Brady Manick. The thing about it is, is that they all can play well together and gel together, and when they do, you get the results that you saw in that first half yesterday, 23 of 31 from the field, 9 of 12 from behind the three-point line. Um, As you mentioned, the assists, like – that's what this offense is capable of doing, and um, I think it's going to be really important to see what they ha- wh- what they do and how they look on Wednesday. Do, do they come back, and do they try to force the three point shot, or have they started to realize the three point shots are there regardless? But when you when you drive the ball and you get deep. Penetration into the painted area and that defense collapse—kind of the things that you have the, the same issue doing on your run into the court. That's why you get the kind of looks you get, and um, just really impressed with with Carolina's offense yesterday because I I did not see that coming in the first twenty minutes. Well,
1: you mentioned early uh, earlier about the sixteen turnovers and how we had talked about that coming in. The big thing was early on. Carolina was moving the ball well without turning the ball over. Um, you know, you, you look in the first half; they turned the ball over six times, and three of those were by D- Dontre Styles, um, which you know there's. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it, it's just you've got to take what's there you instead of trying to force some things in your half-court offense and I think you know one of the other things that you saw yesterday is it wasn't as stagnant in the half-court offense there weren't a lot of guys that were just standing around and and I don't know why that happens at certain times I, I don't know why it seems like that changes from game to game but this is just this is just this team it, there's no, there is nothing consistent about this team at all it, every game is different and that's one of the other areas that i think has been probably the most frustrating for a lot of people is that look when this team moves without the basketball it opens up so many opportunities because there, there are just so many guys that can do different things offensively for this team, especially with the fact that Leaky Black is now starting to come into his zone. I mean, even yesterday, he only takes two shots in the game, but knocks them both down and finishes with five points. So there's not that liability out there. So when you're moving without the basketball, everybody's a threat. In a lot of the losses so far this year, especially those two road losses, the the blowout losses that um, I think kind of define a lot of people's thoughts on on this team on the road uh, in conference season uh, when, you know, they lost to Miami and Wake Forest, there was just, I mean, there, there were times they simply went isolation ball and that was it. Nobody else was moving without the basketball. They weren't even setting screens. And you could see that, they, they, they started to grow in that area here recently. I think with Duke, the problem was things just got way too out of hand, way too quickly on the defensive end. And once they lost Armando Baycott early in the game, that took away your best screener. That really changed a lot of the things that you did. But I think outside of that game, you've started to see that that high screen is starting to work. And, and – when that is working and when you're able to drive the lane, it creates a ton of opportunities. So I think they've just got to keep that going. Um, And I think, look, we, we've looked at the schedule that's ahead of them. I, I think, you know, until you get to that Duke game, you feel pretty good about your chances to be able to drive the lane on a lot of the teams going forward. The one Mm -hmm. team that maybe you feel a little bit concerned about in that respect is probably that game that you play against Syracuse because they play the 2-3 zone. But Carolina can find other ways in that game to drive the basket, and that's what they need to do because, as they showed in this game, when you can do that, it opens up every other element of your offense.
0: Well, as, as impressive as Carolina was offensively, their their defense in the first half was was maybe the best we've seen from this team under Huber Davis. And some of it is, yeah, look, Florida State was without Malik Osborne. They were without Anthony Polite. But, look, Carolina's felt, dealt with their own fair share of injury issues and stuff like that as well. And I thought Carolina was just so active defensively. I thought the energy was there. Um, I thought they were in the passing lanes. I thought they were making Florida State take tough shots, and and, and that resulted in them shooting 30% from the field. They only made three of eight first half three-pointers. They forced eight turnovers in the first half, and I really thought that was a big part of why Carolina was able to build the lead to the level that they were because it as great as they were playing offense – they they weren't slacking off defensively in that first half. They did in the second half, but when you're up 38 at halftime, that's understandable. But in that first half, they didn't. They stayed after it, and they really competed hard for 20 minutes, and it was a bunch of different guys. Just, you know, the the, the communication was there. The rotations were there. They were closing out hard on shots. They were keeping them off the offensive boards in the first half, and – Really positive signs for Carolina defensively. The area where we know this team has to get better at the most, and 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 even at home, it's an area where they've struggled a little bit at certain times this year. But I was really impressed with what this team did in that first half, given the fact that they were up eighteen to nothing at one point and twenty-four to one at one point also in that first half.
1: Well, that I mean, the the thing that they did early on, out of the gate, that was so impressive was, you know, to be able to establish that eighteen nothing lead. They created some turnovers, and they really got Florida State into an uncomfortable spot early on. And you know, that was that. That's a Florida State team that, especially with where they're at right now with all the injuries, they are not a team that can get behind. But I think the turnovers you created eight first half turnovers. And more importantly, you got 13 points off of those turnovers. That was the thing that was so big for Carolina in that first half because you just really haven't been able to do that to anybody out of the gate so far this year, even in a lot of the wins early on in the year that we talked about what was the most defining factor of a lot of those early wins were second half, you know, it, that was where they were really able to establish a margin. Um, you know, a couple of those games, they trailed uh, going into mm-hmm. halftime. So for them to come out and be as dominant as they were in this game. And look, we saw it in the game against NC state, but, that's one of those things where, look, Carolina's done that so often against NC State and here in recent memory, and, and there felt like there was a lot of motivation in that game as well that you thought, okay, this is probably the one game that you're going to see that this year. To show that they're capable of doing that again, this time against a team that, uh, yeah, they had a lot of injuries, and look, they had another one suffered in that first half too when they lost Caleb Mills. So, I mean, yeah, that was definitely a banged-up team. But it was still – that that's still a team that has enough talent and they have enough size for sure that you thought eventually they would be able to get back on track. They never did. And you got to give Carolina credit because, uh, yeah, it's just – there's so much more activity in this game than in a lot of the other games that you saw – earlier this year and you're starting to see, you know, that, that they they're starting to get some a little bit of belief in themselves on the defensive end of the floor. They're not perfect. Um, it still feels like that's an area that can be a liability at some times. But I think you're starting to see that they have guys that are capable of defending, and one of the things we haven't talked about in a while, and it didn't, it wasn't an issue in this game, even when Caleb Mills was in there. This is a team that early in the year could not stop the ball at all, and we saw it pop up against Duke. That's probably because that's just a team that right now, unfortunately, has more talent than Carolina. But here in in you know when when you had that win streak before the Duke game. And now in the two games since that Duke game, you haven't really seen the guards be able to drive the basket as easy. Against Clemson, guys were just making shots for the Tigers from the outside, or they were able – it was the big men inside that were able to get those baskets while banging down low with the bigs. You haven't seen the guards really hurting Carolina, and they did a good job of that once again in this game
0: last thing I want to talk about from yesterday's game was the bench. Um, And even though Carolina's bench got outscored 31 to 22, a lot of positives from the bench in yesterday's game. Um, First of all was the minutes that you saw for for the bench players. Um, As Styles had 16 minutes, Kerwin Walton got 16 minutes, DeMarco Dunn got 11 minutes, give Justin McCoy seven um, or seven. Puff Johnson had 11, and then DeMarco Dunn had four, and that was that was a big key um, because we learned earlier in the week, no Dawson Garcia the rest of the way, and I don't know if Hubert Davis was holding back on playing those guys more to, to see if he was going to get Dawson Garcia back, but now we know for sure um, he's not going to get him back, and you know you don't have Anthony Harris for the rest of the year, and you – it's really hard to win a lot of games playing seven guys, and you need to play these guys on your on off the bench a lot more often. Because first off, you got the talent there. Kerwin Walton's still a great three point shooter; he just hasn't been on the court all that often. But I was really impressed, even though he had those three turnovers in that first half. Dontre Styles looks like a guy that's ready to contribute to this team right away. Um, scored eight points, was three of seven from the field, um, missed both those three points shots but had four rebounds but just active on both ends of the court he said in the post game that um this team needs energy and i and he thinks that that's what he can bring to this team and i think that's a guy like i i I still want to see more kerwin walton but i think styles has has done enough to prove to hubert davis to prove to the coaching staff prove to his teammates hey you can trust me to be on the court, and I'm not going to hurt you. And I think if 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 you can work him in right, he could be a really big part of this team down to the final six, seven games of the ACC season.
1: Well, I told you that when we saw him in the scrimmage on late night. I, I thought there were, from, from an offensive standpoint, there were some things that really stuck out about him and gave me a feeling that he could contribute at some point. And, look, I think your hand's kind of being forced here – a little bit and that's why he may ultimately get out there but i think yeah he's shown you some some good things you know i've liked what i've seen from puff johnson but i think we can both agree that Dontre Styles probably gives you a little more offensive upside right now than Puff Johnson gives you. I think there's a role for Puff. I think he, you know, with his sides, definitely uh, can, can give you a, a bigger presence in there when you go with that small ball lineup. And there's ways you can play him too. But Styles, it looks like a confident shooter, and he gives you the feel of a guy that you know, eventually, if he can, you know, clean some things up offensively, which he will, and if he can, you know continue to work on his defensive game, he could be that wing that you haven't really had since Nazir Little. And I, I saw people making comparisons to him on there yesterday, showing some of the highlights compared to what Nazir did. And mm-hmm. uh, it makes a lot of sense. That comparison, you know, they they have very similar body styles. I think um, he can, you know, he, he's he's got that mid-range game that's there. Uh, that Nazir had as well. So, yeah, at at this point, I think my thing is, is look, when we say that you got to put a guy, that we want to see a guy out there, it's not we want to see this guy out there for 16 minutes like he played the other day. It's not, hey, we need this dude to become a starter. Put this guy out there. And look, if he's struggling and he's out there for three or four minutes to give some of your other guys a breather, as long as he really isn't killing you that bad, then you're fine. And you know, I I've said it to you, all you know, off off mic here a couple of times before during games. Look, if it's that bad, call timeout, take take him out of the game. If it's yeah. really that bad, if, if you put him in and he is the sole reason that a team goes on a 10-0, 12-0 run, call timeout, take him out of the game. It's just that simple. But that's probably not going to happen more often than not. So he will bring value to you. That's the reason I think you need to see him out there on the court. And, yeah, I'm with you. And I've, I, I said it, you know, the last time that – uh, you know, we, we talked here on the podcast. Kerwin Walton needs to see more time. It's just that simple. Um, yeah. He's a, a guy that is starting to get back into his own shooting-wise. He's not automatic like he was last year. But, look, that's okay. You still need these guys that can knock down shots out there because you're, you, you're still in that in that stretch here. And I mean, I know they shot it really well in that first half, but especially when you're on the road, this is a team that right now just isn't shooting the ball great on the road with their starters. You need some guys off the bench that can help you. Kerwin Walton has that ability. And I think Dontre styles may be showing you that he possibly possesses some of that ability as well. So I definitely think that's something that Carolina needs to take a look at going forward.
0: That is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners podcast. Before we let you go, do want to get you to the website, HealToughBlog.com. Go back and check out the recap article posted up about Carolina's win over Florida State. Later this week, I'll be getting you ready for Wednesday's matchup at home against Pittsburgh. As for the football side of things, we're in off-season mode, but weekly storylines will still be coming out. And as we inch closer and closer to the NFL draft, anything to keep me updated on that front as well. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. We're on the Basketball Podcast Network. We host through Megaphone, but we're on every major podcasting platform. Simply search. Uh, the Four Corners podcast, like the pod, review the pod. But most importantly, we do encourage you to subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the podcast during the basketball season. Well, it is going to wrap up this edition of the pod. I do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.